Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalam, Ala Rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Badruddin Muhammad. My name is Talha Rafiq. And welcome to episode six of The College Muslim. So this is a podcast that Talha and I run uh, to share, share with you all the life lessons, the experiences that we've gone through and our coping strategies of just being Muslim in a predominantly non-Muslim country uh, throughout high school and college. And just to show everyone that you're not alone. And if you're all going through stuff like this, then y'all can relate, inshallah. So today's topic is going to be uh, hypocrisy. But um, we're going to break this into two different parts. So there's like hypocrisy of the belief and then there's hypocrisy in actions. And we're going to mainly be focused on um, focusing on hypocrisy of actions. So belief it can be, you kind of understand it deals with belief and hypocrisy. on Dealing with having one thing in your heart about Islam and then outwardly right. another. So we're not going to touch that today, but yes. instead we're going to focus on hypocrisy of actions. So mm -hmm. that um, in Arabic is known as nifaq fil amal. Okay. And um, we're going to be focusing that, and that deals with lying, cheating, violating trust, and essentially like being two-faced. Yeah. So it's kind of like the definition of hypocrisy we or know. Like the, you know how like when you say that person's like fake? Stuff yeah, like, that. like fake. the person's fake. fake. Yeah. We're going to be talking about what it means to be fake. Yeah. So that's our main focus today. So um, I feel like it's a, it's a very prevalent topic too, because I feel like every, the non-Muslims, and even like when you're in high school or college, people talk about like, oh, that person's really fake, like gossipingly wise. Yeah. It's like... It's something that's going around and I think it's important to address it through an Islamic perspective. Yeah, especially at a young being age. A, being Muslim and how you should deal with that. Yeah, hypocrisy is huge at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, versus like growing up, like I think... Like when you're young, people are like young, like preschool, kindergarten, mm -hmm. elementary school, like people, kids are very honest. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you learn. They will literally say whatever's on their mind, whatever they feel. But as you grow older, people start to learn how to hide things and how mm -hmm. to like put on a sort of a shell and then present one version of yourself to the world and another version who you truly are quote unquote and that's because they find reason to hide things yeah so um i guess we will be diving into also like what is the reasoning you're actually like committing the hypocrisy yeah. and like what is what what is the purpose you're doing it because honestly we also want to be able to come away from this yeah. knowing ways to kind of reduce if we are committing you know hypocrisy or if we are lying etc etc um yeah so um let's just jump into that let's just sure. dive into it so as so as per always <laughs> um we're first gonna talk about what Kind of, what was the first time you kind of got exposed to hypocrisy? Hypocrisy. Um, and this time, let's talk maybe about like how, what we, for, when we maybe have realized like, oh, we had just committed an action that might've been mm -hmm. a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. Because I don't think there's a single individual I have met in this world who has not at least once committed an action where they were a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's a very hard thing to come by to find individuals yeah. who haven't, especially in today's society. Especially. So, um, so I feel like today's society, we promote, we promote a sort of paradigm where, Everyone feels like they need to please other people. Yeah. People pleaser is like a big thing. Yeah. It's, it's a big word that goes around. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure everyone yeah. everyone has felt a time or maybe maybe there are people who haven't, but like mm -hmm. for the most part, I'm sure we've all felt a time when we want to, we do something because it makes the other person like you more yeah. or pleases the other person. So did you do something like that? So like, let's go through that. <laughs> let's go through that. So what did you do? That's a good segue. Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's the first time uh, I've dealt with hypocrisy in general, like outside of just like white lies or things like that, like mm. hypocrisy, hypocrisy, high school. I think, not even, no, middle school. Because middle school is when you start to sort of come with this term popular, whether someone's popular or not, whether someone's liked or not, someone's really cool or not. Sure. So with those concepts, it becomes a lot about what kind of ver what kind of version of yourself do you put out there? And I feel like, especially in middle school, I would, I mean, everyone knew I was Muslim. It's hard, kind of hard to hide hide your Islam with a name like Badruddin Muhammad. Yeah. So everyone knew I was Muslim. And I, in, in my heart, I, of course, believed in Islam and everything. But when I would project myself outside, I would bring it up as as little as I could that I was Muslim and like put that out there because I realized, okay, so sixth grade, I would do that. I would like, I'd be like, I'm Muslim. No one cares. It's yeah. fine. 
But I realized that like, as I was doing that, people, especially in my community, were more concerned with things that are non that aren't Islamic. So when I was Muslim, they'd be like, oh, we can't really include him in anything because like he's Muslim. So like he's weird. Mm. So seventh grade, eighth grade, I would be, I wouldn't hide my Islam because like it's really hard to hide your Islam. Like it's just a personal I am. Like there are certain things that I will and won't do because of Islam. But when it comes to like talking about like, oh, I'm Muslim. I can't do this or I can't do that. I just wouldn't say it out loud. Mm. And I think that's the first time I felt, I felt a little hypocritical when it comes to in my heart, I was Muslim, but outside I would make it, I would try to remind people as little as I could that I was Muslim. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's hard to come up with an exact example for yeah. hypocrisy. Like when it first might've been exposed to it, but I clearly remember an example of um, committing some kind of hypocrisy. Right. And also it was like somewhat in, in an Islamic context. So mm-hmm. back in high school, again, it was very hard for me to grasp Islam yeah. and I had a lot of trouble with religion and actually understanding mm-hmm. it and then actually accepting it. Like for a oh, while sure. it was very hard to accept it. And um, so I think one of the, one of the things I used to do is again, I was in a somewhat of an Islamic community. Gotcha. So you would pray. And yeah. so people would ask me, like, uh, people always ask each other, like, oh, do you have to make wudu or do you uh, not have to make wudu, right? Yeah. And so it's one thing if you didn't make wudu and you lie saying, yeah, I made wudu. Mm. But that can be equated to simply as lying. Yeah. Right? Which I mean, lying isn't simple. Like, lying is honestly sometimes even bigger than hypocrisy. Okay, but between hypocrisy yeah, yeah, no, and no, lying. I, I, I just wanted to make, yeah. make that clear for everyone <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. between hypocrisy and lying, what I did in that situation is lie. Gotcha. But, um, I started becoming a hypocrite in that sense too. And in a way to show like I'm a Muslim, I guess, or a better mm. Muslim essentially, was what I would do is I would ask other people, did you make wudu? Ah. And so like, I would like, if somebody were about a prayer, I'm like, oh, did you make wudu? And I knew in my heart, I didn't make <laughs> wudu. Like, I definitely, we were like checking everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would be like, I'd be like, oh, did you make wudu? No, no, no. Okay, okay, let's go pray. Like, blah, mm. blah, blah. Now that, by definition... It's none other than hypocrisy. Yeah. So I was definitely being a hypocrite and when it comes to that. And I think that's the first time that I, that's the reason I'm bringing that up is not mm-hmm. because, you know, people have examples of committing a hypocritical act. Yeah. It might be one off, it might not be, but this mm-hmm. was a consistent thing. This was like a thing I had to change. Yeah. And like, um, this was a bad habit that I had formed. And I feel like those are the most dangerous kinds of um, yeah. hypocritical actions too, because they happen consistently and mm-hmm. they can compound and compounding any sin that compounds always ends up worse than when it began. Yeah. So, um, I think that was my first time I was like a hypocrite in the sense um, where I actually, that's the first example I remember of, mm-hmm. but that was early high school. I'm pretty sure before that I had committed something too. I just can't think yeah, of anything off my sure. head. But um, also like hypocrisy, one way to like kind of contextualize it versus like lying is like, like you said, like lying is like one off. Like yeah. you, you, you'll do it once. You might say something that you did or didn't do. And obviously like lying is like, lying is one of the biggest things in Islam. So mm-hmm. Like that, be, that can be a whole other video, honestly. And I think we should honestly do yeah. a whole other video online. But hypocrisy, I feel like the, the way I, the way we can kind of contextualize it for this video is repeated line that builds up into a sort of persona and it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. Like you said with Wudu, with like when, when you were talking about it, it's like it became part of your identity to like ask everyone. Yeah. Did you make Wudu? And you were but checking no, everyone else. I didn't make Wudu. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. And again, the definition of like an, an American sense and, and also in the way of like hypocrisy of actions yeah. is essentially um, you being two-faced in a sense where you hold a facade or you do say or do something mm-hmm. while preaching the other side. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that is what hypocrisy is. So um, I guess now we can jump into like, what I kind of want to tackle first mm-hmm. is how do you actually know you're a hypocrite or how do you know you committed mm-hmm. a hypocritical act? Like what is the indicators for hypocrisy like well how do you how do you recognize that because i think the only way you can address yeah. problems is if you can actually recognize a problem yeah. so um what is like what is an indicator and in- i feel like the first sign of hypocrisy for yourself 
is when you don't recognize it. I feel like hypocrites, for the most part, when you're first when you're first doing something hypocritical, you're in denial about it. Mm. And I can definitely attest to that because I'm trying to think of an example, but like I, I know there's been times in my life where I've done a hypocritical action, and when I first did it, I was like, I'm not a hypocrite. Like I I, I would find like various ways to just justify it to myself, and I'd be like, I'm doing this for X Y Z. I'm doing this for some kind of altruistic reason, or some, or I'm doing this for some kind of end goal. Like the ends justify the means. Kind there's of a thing. reason. Yeah, there, I always try to like reason with myself, and I always put myself in denial, saying that I'm not a hypocrite. I'm doing this for some other reason. Therefore, it makes it okay, and like. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of so, weird, weird logic. Yeah, so, so like that's yeah. a, a big problem with hypocrisy is trying to reason and give yourself justification that it's okay to be a hypocrite. Yeah. But I mean, I actually wrote this down earlier. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially, it's like you have to fear hypocrisy because mm. once you stop fearing hypocrisy, that's when you are a hypocrite. Oh. Okay. And there's a there's a quote by uh, Abdullah ibn Masood, uh, uh -huh. who was a companion of the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah. And so at the time, he was like the greatest author of tafsir, which essentially just means he would break down the Quran, yeah. right? And yeah. he would try to understand and contextualize it for the people. Gotcha. And so he said, and this is his own quote. He said, um, no one feels safe from hypocrisy except for a total hypocrite. So mm. the fact is you have to feel like before even like feeling like you need to do better or before like even like doing anything else, you have to know that you cannot delude yourself by thinking, oh, I make all these good deeds and I'm doing this for the greater good mm. and then be a hypocrite. I feel like hypocrisy is very highly linked with ego as well. Because I feel like you yeah. have to have such a an arrogant like perception of yourself to believe that I'm so much better that I cannot, I can do no wrong kind of yeah. thing. And that, and that that's what like the, I, I feel like when you, when you talk about hypocrisy in general, to be a hypocrite, to say that, to like you said with the whole, I, I'm sorry if I keep banking on your YouTube example, but it's, it's yeah, a good yeah. example. Uh, so I feel like, like, no, I'm glad out. I can be like the perception, like the entire like point you come back to like, <laughs> this is, you did this bad, bro. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, use, yeah, use an example. It's a good example. Yeah. The so thing. I feel like, like when you're talking about the other thing, it's like, you're checking other people, but you consider yourself so much. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but like, I did. Th there's a certain, there's, there's a shred of ego there where it felt like I'm so much better than I feel that I can check other people, but I don't need to do it myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that's what it was. It's, You're it's spot example, on. You're spot yeah. on. Like yeah. legitimately, I'm not that is to, like, what it was. Stuff from like academic academic standpoint of like just the way stuff yeah. is working out. But yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. And I think again, like that's a great point you made. And like when I asked you, like, what is how do you know you're a hypocrite? Yeah. Is like what you said about like first of all realizing, like the lack you, of realization. The lack of realization. Yeah. So if you're lacking the realization that you're a hypocrite, there's probably a really good chance you are a hypocrite. Yeah. So that's actually a really good place to put it. And so then. The other flip end, because it's like a mm -hmm. coin. Yeah. Like you never flip a coin. At, I mean, if you have flipped a coin and it lands like this, <laughs> yeah. like on its side, you're super lucky. But yeah. it, it always picks between two sides, right? Yeah. So now let's say, okay, you realized. And for the people that are listening, when he said like this, he meant like on its side. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like when you flip a coin, you know, it can land like vertically yeah. or it can land on one face. Yeah. If you've flipped a coin and it, it lands land vertically. vertically. The statistical possibilities that are like infinitely small. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so yeah. let's okay, let's get anyway. past that. Let's get past that. <laughs> Either you're on the side of, hey, I don't think I'm a hypocrite, or you say, I am a hypocrite. Yeah. Okay. And so then we flip the other side. So now let's say you admitted you're a hypocrite. So, or let's say that, you know, you have some certain, certain maybe one or two actions that can be kind of hypocritical. Mm. So what's the next step is, um, what, identifying how to fix it? Is it like, what, what, what do you think would be the next step with hypocrisy? <sighs> the next step, once you're, once you've identified that you are doing something that's hypocritical. So let, yeah. So let's say like for me, right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. With the voodoo thing. Um, I realized that hey, this is not something that I should be yeah. doing. Like, I definitely have to be making wudu before I ask people if they're making wudu, and then yeah. have the proper intention of what I'm asking them. Why I'm asking them? Is it yeah. because I'm trying to seem better, or is it just because? Let's start there. Intention. Yeah. I feel like first of all, identifying why why am I doing this hypocritical action? Like, what is the intention behind this hypocritical action? And be 
very thoroughly honest with yourself. Cause like I was saying, like sometimes we'll, uh, I've, I've done hypocritical actions and I'll like, I'll bank it with the intention that like, Oh, I'm doing this for a good intention, but like really get to the root of what is the intention of what you're doing. And there's a, there's, it's not an Islamic quote. It's just a quote that Ali Abdul, another YouTuber does. Uh, he, he said this and it's completely unrelated to hypocrisy, but he was saying everything has a good reason and a real reason. So like when you're doing a hypocritical action and you like say the, say for those two example again, but those two example, uh, you, maybe you were telling other people, oh, did you make wudu? And you were doing it and in your heart, you were thinking maybe, oh, I, I just want to make sure like my, my umma's making wudu and like, we're all like, we're all making wudu together and we're going to go pray. Yeah. That would have been the good reason. But the real reason is you were just trying to get the heat off yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously that, that might not have been the case for you, but like, I'm just, that's a yeah. hypothetical example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about the intent. So it's trying to figure out what is the reason you were What is the real reason? What is the good reason? The real reason. What is the real reason you're trying to be, not trying to be, but what is the real reason you were being a hypocrite? Yeah. What is the real reason you were committing an action? Okay. I feel like that goes even away from hypocrisy, just like general things too. And I've been like, my friends have called me out a lot on this too, because being pre-med, um, I do a lot of things that I need for my pre-med application and what people give for a checklist and kind of things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the upperclassmen have called me out on it where like, sometimes I'll like, I'll do things, whether it be like nonprofit work or like clinical experience or research or whatever. And I'll say, oh, I'm doing this for a certain altruistic reason. So mm. take, for example, um, inshallah, I'm trying to work on a nonprofit to teach kids nutrition. And the good reason that I've I keep trying to tell myself and trying to make the intention of is I really want to help these kids. I care about obesity because I've dealt with obesity throughout my life and I want to give back. But sometimes there's always the underlying real reason. And I feel like it's shaitan creeping up on me being like, you need this for your, for your pre-med application. You need this for medical school application. You need to do this. Like forget all the other reasons, like mm -hmm. be pinpoint focused on like getting enough money, getting enough people, getting enough things involved. And that's always like, I feel like it's a tug of war in my head where it comes to, do I do this nonprofit? And I think another thing that I have to tell myself is they're not mutually exclusive. Like I can still do something for pre-med application, for a med school application because it's important for that med school application. And like, inshallah, that's, that's the goal I'm trying to pursue. And it's, it, it's, it, there's something wrong with that goal. There's like haram with that goal. But at the same time, uh, balancing that with realizing that this nonprofit doesn't need to blow up in like a day. Like it doesn't need to like get it, yeah. impressive growth because that's not the reason why I'm doing this. That's not like the, the, it shouldn't be the good reason be, should become part of the real reason where the good reason why I'm doing this is because I've dealt with BCA throughout my life and I want to help help kids to get through it and not to end up like me. And that's kind of, that should be, the, I'm trying to make that part of my reason of why I do it. And still keeping in my in the back of my head that like, I need I need certain checkpoints, I need to do certain things for our med school application, but that shouldn't be the sole reason. Okay. So intention, really complex, really like- No, 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 but now, okay, so, so we yeah. get, okay, now you've, okay, so like we're going to set this like step by step, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've now said that, hey, I'm a hypocrite. And now we're looking into the reason of what is my, like, what is the intention and what is the reason I was actually committing that hypocritical act? Yeah. Okay. So now becomes a question of... How do you get away from... How do you... Yeah. Like, what is, how do you perception? change in a world of, like, hypocrisy? Yeah. Especially if you're, like, used to something. Like, when you're mm -hmm. used to something and you try leaving it, you're addicted. Like, yeah. especially it when it's... an addiction, honestly. Like, yeah. Let's come back to, like, doing one thing and saying the other thing. Like, like I said, people-pleasing has become an addiction of, I would say, Gen Z. Like, our generation... People pleasing has become such an addiction. And I see it in myself too. The way I talk to certain people, the way I will interact with certain people, I'll put on like, not a false persona, but just a persona that makes other people more comfortable around me or like me more. And it is an addiction because we're mm -hmm. so addicted to wanting other people to like us that we don't care. Like going back to my middle school example, like the reason why I, I didn't hide my Islam, but I didn't, I didn't put it out in the spotlight and I didn't want to highlight it when certain things were brought up because 
I want to please other people. Mm. And it's, it became an addiction over time that it led into high school where like, I would try to talk about my Islam as little as I could. That's I would try to highlight with... it as little as I could. So when people would ask me something like, oh, can you go here? Can you go there? I was like, no, I just don't want to. Or I, I got work to do. When yeah. in reality, I just, I didn't want to go because I was Muslim, which in my heart, I was still Muslim and I wanted, that's, that was the reason why I wasn't doing something. But on the outside, I was trying to please other people. Yeah. It's the same thing with the job market too. Like you were talking about pre-med, right? Yeah. Like whenever we talk to interviewers, we're put on this like facade. Yeah. And for some people it works and some people they do well, but honestly, the people who I've seen perform the best in interviews are the ones who are just so honest and true to themselves. Mm. And it's because they will know that the work they're doing is just honest and true to themselves. And yeah. you know, whether or not that falls on Islamic lines is not the conversation, yeah. but when coming to hypocrisy on a daily basis, we are dealing with Islamic lines. Like mm. that is the recruiter in our sense, yeah. right? Like Islam and the Quran, and te Quran teaching as well as like um, that whole realm of things. That is our recruiter slash Honestly, Allah is the one we're interviewing with for Jannah. Yeah. So if we, I feel like for me personally, just the person that I am, like being being on a pre-professional track and for a lot of pre-professional, for kids that are on pre-professional tracks out there, we have to adopt this mindset. And it's the only way that we on that most of us get through it, or at least I get through it, is I adopt this mindset where I always feel like there's someone judging me and therefore I need to get through. So obviously there's going to be that mm. person judging me on the med school board right yeah. so i need to submit the best application i can i need to do the best i can i need to get every get all the checklist down we should have that same zeal when it comes to putting our application for allah and that's what it is right yeah like we are going to get judged by allah, so exactly, allah yeah. it's literally called judgment day yeah and like we're gonna yeah, yeah you're gonna have to go through the tests and trials and tribulations and yeah. then hopefully enter jannah but but i feel like that paradigm just getting through that realization it's a, i have to do it every day yeah it's an everyday thing where i have to realize my application to allah matters way more than an application to medical school and i should treat it as such mm. and sometimes i feel like i don't i don't treat it like that and that's where it gets that's where hypocritical actions come through is when you realize it's when you part, start putting more respect to the application you put out to other people than the application you put to allah yeah and i, I use the word application because that's just the way i've sort of conditioned my mind to think it's a, way to, it's a good way to quantify it yeah like as, a, as a, because it is an application it is. like what is the point we you know like culturally as well as like yeah. you know in the modern day kind of call this um, us, you know, being Muslim yeah. and in Islam as a test, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how you like quantify it. Like yeah. this is a test. I feel like more than a test, like I yeah. think that's what you're getting at is like, for me, what's helped me is like, I've heard test all throughout my life. Like yeah. especially being this -y, everyone talks about, oh, this test life is a test. Yeah. And I feel like more than a test, a better way to view it, it's just an application. And that, that's kind of how Allah also wants us to, I I mean, like thinking about like Yom Al-Qiyamah, mm -hmm. on, on Yom Al-Qiyamah, we're not judged whether we did any bad deeds. We're just on a scale of bad deeds versus good deeds. So we're still putting on application. And even when you put on a med school application, there are certain things, you have failures when like you, you got certain bad grades, you got certain this, certain that. But what's important is that you balance that whatever bad marks that you have on your application with enough good marks that you're a good enough applicant. And mm -hmm. that, that, that's all it is when it comes to Islam as well. Like you need to be a good enough person, uh, not just good enough, but like a good, a good person where your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. And thinking about an application, I feel like it's a better paradigm to think about it as a test. Okay. Yeah. No, I, no, I actually like yeah. really like that because that seem, makes it seem like less of a one-time fail yeah, kind exactly. of thing. You know what I'm saying? The, the one-time thing too. I feel like every time we mess up, I think we talked about this in our first podcast, in our yeah. first episode. Every time you, every time some, sometimes we mess up, a lot of like, a lot of the culture that's sort of accumulated around Islam forces you to beat yourself up and be like, yeah, oh my God, I messed up so bad. I'm never coming back mm -hmm. from this. It's not a test. It's an application. Well, it is a test, but like each each individual thing you do in your life is a test. Yeah. But all those tests accumulate into an application. Yeah. So just because you failed one test doesn't mean that there's more tests Allah will give you to redeem yourself, to mm. forgive. And Allah, 
will forgive you even without putting you through another test. If you ask for that forgiveness, if you ask sincere, sincerely ask for forgiveness for whatever action that you committed, for whatever failure that you mm -hmm. did. And after you ask for that forgiveness, get on with your life, make, make more good deeds, fix your application. And I, personal example, like when I first started this semester, I... I had a really rough first semester and you know about it too. Like yeah. my, my first semester was not good. My grades were not where I wanted them to be. Yeah. And if I had, and I, I mean, throughout over winter break, I kind of beat myself up, myself up about it. But once again, realizing that just because I got those bad grades that one semester doesn't define me. Mm. And everyone talks about how like, oh, bad grades don't define you. But understanding that, but understanding that bad grades don't define you is what is the fuel that will carry you through the rest of college. In the same way, just because you go through something really hard or you mess up, that shouldn't be the end all be all. Yeah. It shouldn't define who you are as a Muslim. Your deen is not defined by one or two actions. Your deen is defined by what you do on a daily basis, what you do throughout the rest of your life, mm -hmm. how many good deeds you accumulate. And that's something that, and I, I say this as I'm telling, I'm saying this to myself as well, because it's something I have to remind myself every single day. And it's a struggle every single day to remind myself that just because I messed up once doesn't mean I'm done. Yeah. That was a long spiel, but that's, that, that's, no, my, that's, that's, my, that's, that's what goes on in my head, bro. No, that's good. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I followed. And I think that's like a good way to transition away from this because, you know, identifying yourself or this is all about the self, right? So, yeah. so far we've just talked about like as an individual, how I'm do you see about it? about myself. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do we see it in yourself? How do you address it for yourself? And then how do you go about changing it in yourself? But um, there's also then the concept, not concept, but then there's also the problem of dealing with hypocrisy mm. that exists around you, right? Yeah. And that's also like, that has to be addressed mm. because I think too often people are it should it's, it's first first of all it's right in a sense to work on yourself if you yeah. like, say you have a sin so say hypocrisy yeah. is a sin that you have committed or you have a habit of the first thing you should be doing is fixing yourself yeah that makes complete sense like i completely get that but now like moving away from that how do you like deal with hypocrisy that exists around you okay mm. so let me let me clarify okay one example that we've repeatedly talked about is like professional and jobs etc yeah. okay so we know hypocrisy exists within that mm -hmm. how do we go about navigating the hypocrisy that exists there or how do we go about navigating the hypocrisy that exists um ar around our friends or how do we go about the hypocrisy that exists like even sometimes within family like how do you how yeah. do you navigate that because that's really what this is about right like it wasn't just like when i was in high school that like, my problem was just me yeah okay i was surrounded by hypocrisy mm. so of course i was going to pick it up gotcha so and no one is born a hypocrite no either. One, no one is born like, a yeah. No one's born with it. I feel like hypocrisy, it has more to do with the people that are around us than than like an inherent Just inherently thing. building yeah. up inside you. Like it's it's not something that we're born with, like you said, but like even just think about it from like an academic okay, I've been taking a lot of humanities classes this these last semester and this semester. So yeah. from a humanities perspective, hypocrisy comes from us wanting to put something out to other people and getting that response and stimuli from other people. Mm. So hypocrisy like you said it has to do with who you're surrounding yourself with so what okay maybe one of okay this just popped in my head this is like maybe it's jumping forward now yeah but like okay, hypocrisy deals with you putting out something for other people mm. okay so that's what that's what you said yeah that's okay. what i said yeah so what if what if we start not providing that validation slash pleasure to people putting out their hypocrisy towards us <laughs> wow wild thought wild but no, thought, no. Say, yeah. say for example like you know it's very hard to identify hypocrites as well yeah. like that's another issue with all of this is yeah. how do you navigate something that you can't even see in other people mm. it's in my opinion easier to see in yourself than see yeah, in other definitely, people absolutely yeah yeah so but like say like you know that there's some certain person that's committing certain hypocritical acts around you by not validating their hypocritical actions if you know they're being a hypocrite mm. 
you automatically train them not to do it. I I can give you a personal example on that, and it's one one more time. It's a really niche example um, when it comes to pre med. So okay, we're back on the pre med. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's the one thing I can talk about, bro. Yeah. Uh, so pre med and even pre professional tracks in general, they everyone knows this. Everyone talks about it, but it creates a very toxic competitive environment that it's just a it's a it's a really good like medium for hypocrisy to grow on, in my opinion, because when you have such a big goal to work towards that you start looking at everyone else as competition. And when you do that, I've met so many people who put out one face to you while doing thing, while doing other things. So what I mean by that is sometimes you'll ask people like, hey, I am struggling with this when it comes to pre-med stuff. Um, I'm struggling to find clinical experience. I'm struggling to find research experience. And they'll, so they'll be giving one face to people when they're talking to, when they're like talking to other pre-meds, but then they'll be doing other things by themselves that they don't want to share and i feel like obviously like everyone's entitled to whether sharing what they do in their lives or not mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like when everyone every single person does that it starts to form a culture yeah. where every single person feels as though they can't talk about their accomplishments their well their activities or things whatever they're doing in their life because they feel if they talk about it that someone else is going to like compete with them or take over or yeah. something like that and it's such it's created a culture as we as we said and a lot of i'm sure every pre-med pre-law pre-professional student that I'm talking to mm. that's listening to this understands that this toxic culture comes from a lot of hypocrisy where it comes where it comes down to people saying one thing but doing another mm. and it's something that I've dealt with because so how, do you, how do you navigate that like what do you do how do I navigate do? that I try to fight back against it and even fighting back against it it comes with a lot of backlash so I will t when people ask me for help or things like that I'll I'll give to them straight I'll be like here's what I'm doing here's what I think you can do and here's how I can help you out but when I do that people see that as a sign of arrogance too. Mm. And there's a lot of backlash that comes with that. And I think that's also a result of the hypocrisy of the culture that's formed around pre-med, pre pre-professional tracks is whenever people do try to help, people see it as if there's some kind of ulterior motive and it's not altruistic and that they're trying to sabotage your plans. And it's, it's just, just a lot of paranoia. Okay. But yeah. So, okay. So away from like the professional <laughs> emphasis, yeah. okay, from an Islamic perspective, right. how do we navigate it when it exists within our communities? Mm. And this so is- Like friends. Friends. Masjid, mm. your friend's parents. Masjid, hot take. Your friend's desi parents. <laughs> so, hot take, hot take. Hot takes. But um, <laughs> like one of the things that, you know, I will tell my friends um, mm -hmm. who are Muslim is if I recognize like they lied or they did something, like one of the mm. first things I ask them is like, f first of all, like, did you question like why you did it in the first place? And if they have an answer and they have a reason they're like working on it, all right, good, then I'm not going to yeah. press you. Like I do this for myself too. Like if I have a reason, like what I, like if I, if I know that like my reasoning, whatever reason I came up for myself is focused on growing and moving out of it, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to like bank, in, on them. Yeah. bank on them. Like that's, that's, that, that was, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. That's definitely a good thing. So, yeah. but what if like the reason is like, you know, had to or like they were gonna make fun of me if they didn't etc cetera, etc cetera. like what if like by not being a hypocrite you're lowering your value right so if you told the honest 100 percent truth let's say for example the wudu thing that mm -hmm. i had by not making that same way i would have not been as pious looking uh, as i might have been right so that's why people are hypocrites as well sometimes is because yeah. it lurks in the benefit right Definitely, yeah it's not always to hide so like i mean for me like the one example i always give everyone is um on the day of judgment, basically, when mm -hmm. we're presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every single part of our body will attest to what they commit, the sins they committed, what they yeah. were used for. 
Like if you were, if you, you know, use your right hand to slap your spouse, mm. like your right hand is going to talk against yeah, you and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to put you in a bad <laughs> spot. And the exact same way your tongue will talk yeah. and your tongue will explain everything that it did that was good and that was bad. Yeah. And um, so a lot of people, if, you, if you're a hypocrite, if you have been, mm. if you have been a hypocrite, a lot, when I tell my friends who are Muslim, I'm saying your tongue's going to talk against you and you yeah. really want that thing against you on the day of judgment that you told other people to do one thing and that you were doing another thing behind that back. Like, mm. That is one like, that's a huge and yeah, like that is. kind of if you believe in Islam, if you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, then that is something that people will be receptive of if they truly do believe in Islam. Yeah. So how do we go about just apart from that example? Mm-hmm. That's my one of my methods that I um, kind of share. Gotcha. What is what is like some other methods slash ways that we can kind of express and kind of like open people's eyes to like, hey, hypocrisy exists, try to address it. Cause again, the issue always comes back down to the fact that we're not addressing it in the first place. Yeah. I think it all comes back to I mean, one thing I want to focus on is you talked about community, like like your Islamic community and whether and it, sometimes you're hypocritical to see more pious to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we should we should need to talk about when it comes to the kind of communities that we're creating around Islam. And I feel like, especially in communities that are more established and more traditional, and like very, it's Islam versus culture. Exactly, it's always Islam versus culture. Islam versus culture. Like in Islam, if you were to live in a like, if you if the community (laughs) was to follow Islamic guidelines, there shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't, yeah, right. But it's a culture not only that exists from a like you know back in the old town in Pakistan (laughs) kind of culture, but it's more like the culture that they develop within communities. Like that culture can it's, become hypocritical it can, and it yeah. can house jealousy and it can house all these things. And, and I think it comes it comes down to when people are working on Islam, we label them as not Muslim sometimes. Mm. And it, this is like this, I'm, I'm just going to say, this is a call to like my, all the Desi communities, all the Muslim communities out there. Yeah. But we need to start embracing more people who are working on their Islam. Yeah. And I feel like especially a lot of kids, I've ton of parents talk in my community about oh my kids my my kids doing this my kids doing that he's going away from islam he's yeah you know, he, he, he he's like very mad about islamic things but i feel like when it comes down to it when a kid tells you that hey i don't get this or i don't understand this or it seems this seems like really like really weird or whatever like we need to embrace the fact that like they are at least they, at least they came to you at least they're questioning it yeah and we should be more receptive and compassionate when it comes to people who are working on their Islam. I've had tons of, so in my community, I I mean, obviously like people in my community know that like I work on my Islam. I, I, I like, I, I have a big passion for Islamic education. So I've had a lot of, I've had a ton of kids when I'm talking to them as like, like, what's up bro? Like, we're just talking. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really believe in that. Or like, that seems really weird. Uh, or like, yeah, that that's all like random stuff. But, like when people say that, I, well, I, I, I see this in my community and I see how, how much that they feel like they can't go to anyone else. And they, they feel as though like they can't tell anyone this because if they do, then they're going to be labeled as, oh, you're one of the bad kids. Mm. Like how many times in your community have you seen like, oh, there's a good kid from the bad kids? A lot. No, a legit. Lot. Whenever, when you said the exact line, <laughs> a lot of times, um, oh my God, how am I blanking out? Because literally I was about to start crying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, there's something that wrong. No, when people are working on their slam, they're labeled as non-Muslim. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, dude, I'm not kidding. Like that's how I felt. When when kids are working on their Islam, they're labeled as non-Muslim. Yeah, and that's I mean I'm not kidding. The reason I like felt like really emotionally like something like hurt because like mm. genuinely that is that's something like I faced. Yeah, and that's something that's that's the whole reason of why I had trouble with Islam. I looked at all these Muslims and all these like people in the mos- mosque and masjid, yeah. and I was like I was like it deep in my heart. First of all, like I recognize like 
they put on this idea of perfection and my head is like how do i be perfect like how would i even do that like what is the point of putting that on if you aren't perfect and yeah no in general like genuinely that yeah that that's a big like wow i have no words <laughs> i have no words <laughs> i mean if you listen to the podcast you didn't see that but this man just gave me a hug but um <laughs> yeah that yeah i was, I, I honestly like coming back to that i had the opposite reaction to that mm. the the whole stigma of like i said like when someone's working on their slam there's label that's not muslim i even even when i had like doubts in my iman and my faith i i did the exact opposite of what you did so like it's like as, as far as i know from your story when when you felt that when you felt as though people would be like if you're working on your slam that your label is not muslim you you turned away or, or you, you were like well, more than anything yeah. it's because i saw hypocrites yeah like that's why I'm bringing this up in the first place is yeah. because I saw so many hypocrites when it comes to like them preaching this perfect Islam, this mm. they do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. And then they were doing one thing behind their back. And I think when I recognized that hypocrisy existed, I was like, what kind of Muslim would I be if I entered myself into this world? Yeah. Right. And for me, it was the opposite because my, so my, my parents always um, instilled in me this idea of reputation mm. and your community and is that is what it's called in like so North the, Hindi. Yeah. So like, it's a basic thing, yeah. yeah reputation so for me because because i knew like even from a young age like even as little as like elementary school i knew that if i if anyone ever saw any weakness in my iman or if anyone ever saw me questioning something the label is non-muslim i dove right into like being as muslim as i possibly could be mm. and that even include things that are not even within the scope of islam like oh like being really really quiet being really reserved being introverted even though like i'm like you know me i'm definitely like when it comes to islam and when it comes to islamic education i'm someone who is all out there yeah when it comes to like questioning things talking about things working through hadith and 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 it, i feel like questioning is something that we especially in like our cultural desi communities we stigmatize it well it's because no i'm not kidding like literally the direct reason for um questioning being seen as like a bad thing mm -hmm. or seen as like not open yeah is because hypocrisy exists because yeah. the thing the issue is when someone questions something yeah you then have to open yourself up yeah. so like if these kids are questioning hey is this happening i mean one way of approaching it is just to give them like the uh the the sermon of like this is the perfect way to go about it <laughs> but the way we should be approaching it and the way we should be going about it is hey i made this mistake too right and within maybe internal family that works but we need to do that on a community basis yeah. showing as a community it's okay to mess up the issue is that hypocrisy exists where it's like once you get past it yeah like once you get past all these troubles and trials and then you have your kids, et cetera, and you're in a community, like people don't want to show that they had this, like yeah. these same exact troubles. People want this idea of perfection for the community and internally like, oh, you, we can have struggles, but on the outside, everyone needs to see us as like, we are the perfect Muslims. We can do no wrong. Yeah. And like, Alhamdulillah, what I'm seeing is like, especially with the more like younger, younger shiuch, younger scholars, they're more willing to sort of share their trials and tribulations in order not to not to expose their sins and and they're very good about that uh what i've noticed is that like they they do really well when it comes to sharing the trials and tribulations without sharing the sin part of it yeah and they do it in a way that you can relate to it and you understand that i'm i'm not alone like what we're trying to do with this podcast i've alhamdulillah i've seen a lot more younger shiok doing it but i feel like there's still there's many communities especially like my own community where we don't have a lot of like younger scholars so we're still stuck in this whole mindset of we need to be perfect mm. and that whole perfection mindset is what led me in my, in my younger days to just do every, everything as right as I could and even do whatever. Once again, I was being a hypocrite when it comes to pleasing, pleasing my Muslim community. I wanted to please my Muslim community regardless of whatever I felt in my heart. I would outside, I would show that that's not, that's not what I feel. I completely hundred percent agree with anything anyone says. I'll do Muslim whatever you community. want. Yeah. yeah. In the Muslim community. In the Muslim community. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how did you go about like 
do you address that in your community? Like, I know, like you just said, they, these kids come to you. Yeah. And let's say like a lot of the people who maybe listen to this podcast now might switch over and try to be a good role model, yeah. right? But how do we go to the people who are in charge and kind of expose them to the idea of like, hey, like it's a big task. Yeah. I haven't done it. Like, but I've now tried in my- on like very, very small instances. Like I've, especially when it comes to like, well, one thing, one thing I, I've always tried to do is when it comes to the parents, mm. like, especially like if some, like no, no one like like I, I'm not the spokesperson for my community or anything, but like, yeah. but like sometimes like kids will come to me with like advice or things or like things they're working through, and I'll try to also tell the parents this, and then they'll. I've always like faced this like paradigm where the parents want to kind of live in their own bubble, but they want their children to be exposed to Islam, yeah, and they want to keep like living whatever life they've been living, and it's gonna be a really hot take, and I hope people in my community who listen to this don't come after me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> One thing that I I try to sort of instill is the fact that like parents can't want to live one set of values and principles and have their children live by another set of values and principles. Yeah. You need to embody the values and principles you want your child exactly to conform to. Mm-hmm. So if you want your child to be super religious, be uh pray five times a day, read Quran, become a hafiz, um understand Islam, like even the academic perspectives of it, you yourself need to encourage that. And even if even if you yourself don't like become a half or something. Read Quran with your read Quran with your yeah, kids. Yeah, not even and encourage you, that, but like, sorry, I had to yeah. up, up, but like, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I think the connection is like you can't be a hypocrite on that you either. Can't, yeah. So like, you have to lead by example. Yes. So again, praying five times a day, you have to be the one to get up and pray five times a day. Especially with parents who are very very busy with their work lives and their jobs and things like that, which is to- which is totally fine. It's it's not there's nothing wrong with having a very like time time intensive job. But at the same time, you need to also. Like obviously, I'm saying this as a as a as a 18 year old kid. So yeah, I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel very. No, but you're like, not wrong because I yeah. talked to my parents about this too. Yeah, and one of the things I wish like they did is be more actionable in front of my eyes. Mm. And if they had done that, it might have instilled things at a younger age for me, whereas I wouldn't have to discover so much of it on yeah. my own. And they did their best they could. And like Gary, like the job thing is a big factor. Like my yeah. dad was never in the house because he was always working. Yeah. Right. So I never got to see whether he was praying at work or etc. But I, like one of the goals I have is like literally. Um, to if I have kids to be a role model mm. like in the in their eyes. Absolutely. I don't want to say, hey, let's get up and play Dohar. I yeah. want to be getting up and praying and then they just run and like they join in. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So that's that's the point. So like on, it starts on a familial level. Let, let me also say this. Like I've lived I've also lived like a very privileged life when it comes to my mom my mom didn't work mm. and she was very into Islamic education as well. So that's kind of where I got my passion from. So I always have my mom to like default to to see her get up really early in the morning and pray tahajjud to see her always reading Quran and I've been alhamdulillah I'm very grateful for that but not a lot of kids have that and I feel like for one thing obviously I'm 18 years old so I can't really like I can't really tell people how to parent yet but um what or maybe I I'm, I'll never tell someone how to parent but like I can give like when I when I am a parent maybe I can give advice look I think yeah. I think no, here's the thing what I'm saying is like for all the people also listening to yeah. this. As a kid, you're going to give pretty good advice on how to parent. And the reason is because... You what, haven't gone through it. You haven't gone through it. But the bigger thing is because you're on the receiving end of parenting. Yeah. So whatever advice you have would make your life better in your opinion. And therefore, in my opinion, it's valid. Also, the reason... Uh, there's another reason why I hate giving parenting advice at this young of an age. Or not even to parents, but just like to other kids. Or just like having takes on parenting is because... It's hypocritical. It's hypocritical. <laughs> and also like, sometimes I'll see like on Instagram, like people, people will be like, oh, like when I'm a kid, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give my kid a phone when they're like in fourth, fourth third grade and I'm going to sure. have, let them do whatever that, whatever what they want. And I feel like that's also, another, I'm almost scared of going to that extreme where I'm like, 
I'm just like a really like titled and spoiled kid. Mm. I'm just like be like, oh, I want everything in the world and I want no restrictions and no responsibility, mm. which is not what I want. But when it comes to Islam, I think the, the one thing that I want to focus on when it comes to community is we need to start leading by example more. We need to show kids that because it's like Islamic guidelines are there. Let's like, there's no, there's no fronting on that. Like Islamic guidelines are there. But at the same time, like we need to also embody those Islamic guidelines if we want the next generation to follow them. We can't always be imposing, hey, you need to pray five times, you need to fast, you need to read Quran, you need to do all this. And then we're not doing it. Isn't that a great example of how to not become a hypocrite either? Absolutely. Lead by example. Lead by example. So lead by example and automatically you will stop becoming a hypocrite because if you Absolutely. do it, you don't have to lie about it anymore. Yeah. Or you don't have to push it or encourage it. It's like the whole wudu example I said earlier exactly. in the podcast was, I used to not make wudu, but to ask others if they made wudu. But yeah. look, lead by example, make your wudu first, let people make wudu, One and more then thing. you can check when against it. When it comes to lead by example, lead first and then preach or mm. honestly even preaching should be like very like when you're first leading by example preaching should not be on your mind at all yeah you should just be doing what you need to do and if other people see it they see it if I, even if even when other people don't see it i feel like that's the first time when you can start leading by example is when you do the things you do in front of people even when people aren't looking and mm. that's what that's what taqwa is is understand that like even when other people aren't looking Allah's looking so if we start if we start leading by not only by example when when our kids are looking, but even when our kids aren't looking, that's the I think that's a great way, great great gateway to get out of the hypocritical mm. mindset that we've sort of built. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. that, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. <sighs> As I we dropped a lot of hot takes there. No, this video has a lot of hot takes. Yeah, I'm gonna come at us in the comments I'm or gonna, do. No, I mean I think it's more reasonable. Like hypocrisy in this sense is very taboo and like. Yeah. In any Muslim community, like the only times I hear hypocrisy in a Muslim community is one, if I directly ask my parents about it. Yeah. Or let's just talk about straight up community community. Wait, one thing I want to talk about is you said hypocrisy is so taboo in our community. Yeah. And I think that's also another thing what I want to address. It's is, only brought up when Sheikh's bringing bring it, by the way. So and they, they bring up in their sermons, but other than that, they don't address it. But continue. No, but uh, I, I want to come back to what you said about there's two types of hypo hypo hypocrisy. There's hypocrisy of the deen and there's hypocrisy of amal, of actions. Yeah. And I feel like we have put such such a big power on the word hypocrisy when what we actually mean is hypocrisy is not being a munafiq. A yeah. munafiq, in, especially in like the Quran during Muhammad's time, a hypocrite was someone who said, hey, I am Muslim, I'm with you all, I support you all. And in their heart, they never believed in la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Mm. That is what a, that is what a munafiq is. Mm -hmm. That's not what hypocrisy is. I feel like, and th this just comes uh, once again from bad translation of the Quran and or uh, bad translation of Arabic words and Islamic words is that, and we were talking to one of our scholars at our, in our in our community the other day, and that's that's what he was trying to tell me, and it's really eye opening for me is that like, doing hypocritical things is a sign of being a munafiq, but it doesn't make you a munafiq. And I feel like if our community just understood that, if our community just understood that. Hypocr hypocrisy when it comes to like lying or hypocrisy when it comes to doing certain actions this this doesn't mean that in your heart you don't believe in la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah and if they understood that then they'd be more open to talking it, about it could it. be a sign of it but that's th that doesn't give you any right to judge someone as a hypocrite in of deen yeah a hypocrite of action does not make you a hypocrite of deen. it could be a sign of it but that's for a law to judge yeah that's not for people to be like hey you do one thing and you say another or you do this or, or like like the wudu example, like you, you ask everyone who, who to make wudu, but you're not making wudu. That doesn't mean that you don't believe that Allah is the one person you should worship or the one the one being you should worship. Yeah. That all that means that it could be a sign of it, but that's not for you to judge. And we should, and I think that's a great gateway for, if our community understands that, if our communities out there understand that, I think that would be a great way for us to start talking more about hypocrisy of actions. Yeah. And make it less taboo within the community yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 
No, that's a great point. I I feel like that's why we don't talk about hypocrisy of actions is because the word hypocrisy has been so intertwined with munafiq yeah. and, and nafiq of deen. And well, I mean, that's, that's not what it is. That's one direct reason. But yeah. also, I feel like on the other end, it's whenever we talk about hypocrisy, what it does lead to is saying that you aren't who you're... So when it comes to hypocrisy of mm-hmm. actions, yeah, it's the internal face and the external face, mm-hmm. right? But when you have to address it, then you have to admit that the internal face is the truth. And a lot uh, of people do hypocrisy in the first place because they don't want that internal thing to be shown, mm-hmm. right? And so um, talking about it in a the community, then you have to like basically show that this is something that human beings, I mean, you're all exposed to. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like a lot of people, sheikhs, you know, parents, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, they don't want to admit that they had troubles and problems. Yeah. Away from the fact that you shouldn't be sharing your sins. Like it goes down to the deepest points of like literally saying that, oh, it's not something I used to deal with. Like it's not something I went yeah. through. There's a lot of topics, some we'll address later, hopefully on this podcast, that are going to deal with things that people don't typically talk about. Yeah. Right? And so even hypocrisy is one of those things. This is one of the most hot, more hot take things is like no one, no one addresses it on a large scale because other than preaching it, other than preaching the perfection of how to not be a hypocrite, mm-hmm. no one wants to admit that they were a hypocrite. No, yeah. I think like being a hypocrite, like hypocritical actions, we don't share them. And like this, like you said, it goes away from just sharing your sins. Obviously, like sharing, you shouldn't be sharing your sins. But I think it's okay. I, not it's, just okay. I, you shouldn't I, I be sharing your skins. Sorry, sins. Sin. Skins. <laughs> you shouldn't be sharing your sins with the intention of just sharing, yeah. with the intention of just um, um, trying to set a precedent. But it's okay to say that sins existed in your past exactly. and you grew from it. Exactly. It's a growth thing that has to be important. I feel like, especially parents, community leaders, the the traditional ones the older ones yeah they're very scared of showing any sort of vulnerability yeah and vulnerability i i honestly i this is gonna be another hot take but i think 99 percent of teenage angst and teenage like the when it comes to like aggression towards islam yeah from teenagers comes from comes from this sort of perfection that the elders have built around themselves where it comes to well not not just perfection but they they, they just like they just cut out a whole part of their lives like this is this is all this is the life i want to share and like a lot of older people like to like bank on Gen Z for like sharing a highlight reel of their life on Instagram. Yeah. But I feel like they've also done that just not online. They've done it with like verbal, verbal stories and stuff that's passed down. I feel like Instagram existed in their day too. Yeah. But it's just just existing. And you also admit it, like not admit it, but you said that a lot of like uh, uh, younger um, community leaders and sheikhs are like taking the opposite. And like the sheikhs we talk, not we talk to, but like we sheikh we knows and sheikhs we talk to, a lot of them do express like, hey, I used to mess up. Yeah, and they don't tell me exactly they how they messed they, up. They never tell you what yeah. they messed up in, but like, like they'll tell you like the category of life. Yeah, or like they'll be like, oh, in high school I messed up, or in college and I messed up, or this is what I did, or this is like what the cat, the area of what I did. But they never tell you like, oh, this is exactly what I did. This is yeah, my sins. and they make like it that. very clear as to what solutions work for what type of problems. So then you yeah. can start employing that. But it's that generalization of just saying, hey, don't be a hypocrite. That never works. Yeah. So, <sighs> a lot of hot takes. <laughs> a lot of hot takes. I think we should wrap it up because. Yeah, that's almost about 45 minutes. All right, sounds good. So we're about to wrap it up. But um, yeah, I just want to conclude also like on the general gist of hypocrisy of actions. Mm. It's not easy it's to not. walk away from the stuff. Like if you, you know, we're hypocritical in some sense. It's preaching one thing and doing another thing and you're doing it in your back. It's something you've built into your, it's, it's, it's like a building that you've built into your identity. Yeah. If it's, if it's like an honest, it's you hard can, to you tear can, it down. You can admit it. It can be an addiction. Yeah. If it's something that I don't expect to change in a day yeah. and 
you're not going to break that building down with a wrecking ball. It's going to be brick by brick. Brick by brick. You got to take it one at a piece at a time. And honestly, it's something I've worked on. It's something you probably worked yeah, on. It's something sure. I am actively working on. Same. Right? So you're not going to be completely alone. You're not alone in that. Yeah. And anyone who's listening to this should understand that it is... What's the point of a... It's it a progressive thing. Yeah. It, the end wouldn't... The, what's between the start and the end wouldn't be called a journey unless you were actually about to like go through a lot yeah. of trials and tribulations, right? Sure. So it's a journey. So don't be too hard on yourself. It's just being consistently reminding yourself to do it over and over again and something mm-hmm. that both of us do as well. Inshallah. Yeah. So on that end, we will conclude. Zakallah khair for listening. Appreciate you all. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum.